the first time when she walks in and there's a guy who says, oh, look, it's the full metal bitch. And she punches him. Uh-huh. That's her little brother. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. That's fantastic. <laughs> He did not need to act. You know, that's just a sibling thing. Yeah, I could totally picture Emily Blunt being like, you know, I think I need another take. I think we need to go again. (laughs) I'm Chris. I'm Amy. And you're at the movies with the madams. Happy Monday, everybody. We are back for another installment of this month's theme of nerding out yes and this time we are covering edge of tomorrow starring tom cruise and emily blunt yeah i hadn't even heard of this movie before this week it's directed by doug lyman released in 2014 which is somehow eight years ago holy shit (laughs) i've been feeling that way a lot lately yeah it took me a second i was like no wait that's six years ago but at the same time, when someone says 1990, I think that was 10 years ago. So, timey wimey wibbly wobbly. Oh, I feel you. It really hit me last month, turning 35. Bit of an existential crisis there. Not gonna lie. So, in this film, alternately titled Alien Groundhog Day, a douche turns into a hero <laughs> as he relives the same day over and over again with a woman who has no time for his bullshit. Yeah. Together, they save the world from an alien invasion and thankfully managed to not have sex while doing so. Well, they did have a little bit of chemistry. Yes. A little bit. Yes. Mm-hmm. I have my reasons for saying that. I know. You'll get to it. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, and what was your first experience with this movie? Was it in theaters? Uh, no, it was at home. I do not remember when I saw it, probably 2015 or 16, I guess. It was on my to-watch list for some reason. I do not know why. I tend to do that. Like every couple of months, I go binging onto these listicle sites and I try to find movies and shows to watch. And this was on the list. And I said, okay, Emily Blunt, Tom Cruise, not bad. Sci-fi, you know, takes all the boxes. Why not? I went into this movie not expecting it to be anything much, just a brainless thing like, okay, ticked it off the list. And after I watched it, I loved it. It was fantastic. So it's funny you should mention that about the listicles because I looked one up yesterday because this movie reminded me of something else that I cannot Mm -hmm. remember. So I went looking and I found a listicle that was top 15 movies you'll love if you love Edge of Tomorrow. And number one, Tenet. Nope. <laughs> Big swig and a miss. Nope. I don't know, honestly, who likes Tenet. If they do, they're either pretentious or lying. Or both. Performative assholes. That's who likes Tenet. Mm-hmm. And Christopher Nolan's wife, because she has to. <laughs> She's contractually obligated. <laughs> Well, that is a movie we will cover one day. Why are you such a masochist? It's going to be fun. How long did it take you to get through that entire movie? How many days? I do not remember. I black. I blocked that out. And you blacked out. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. So I didn't see this movie until three days ago, but I thought I had seen it because I kept confusing it with the 2010 
Mel Gibson movie, Edge of Darkness, where he's um, Mm -hmm. avenging his murdered daughter and there's radiation poisoning and all that. And it's funny I mixed it up with that because both of these movies star men that I can't stomach, but who make really goddamn good movies. Yeah, Tom Cruise makes good movies. No matter how you feel about him, you cannot deny he makes good movies. That's the worst part. Unfortunately. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I've never been into Aliens. That's where X-Files always lost me as a kid. Like, I love the Monster of the Week stuff, but never the overarching uh, Mulder Aliens plot. And I never got on the Independence Day uh, bandwagon either. And man, my husband and I put that on about six weeks ago. Halfway through, I looked at him, I said, this is unwatchable. How is this revered? You know, I honestly cannot remember if I've watched Independence Day or not. Every time I say I will watch it and then I say, oh, no, I watched it. And then I have no recollection of anything in that movie. I think that tells you something. Does it? I think so. Or is this like the Mandela effect? where I think I've seen it, but I actually haven't seen it. Only one way to find out. (laughs) And I don't recommend it. Mm -hmm. So the only alien movie I've ever enjoyed, and I'm not counting Star Trek because that's just different, um, is Signs. And to be honest, I haven't seen that in about 15 years, so I don't know if I would still like it. Okay. Signs is horror, right? I wouldn't call it horror. I mean, it's M. Night Shyamalan, but I wouldn't call that horror. And it's got the Mel Gibson problem again. Okay. I can't remember again if I've seen it or not. That's the problem with my memory. It just, everything comes in and goes out the next year. This is why she has a list. Yes. Well, it's not on my list, so I've not seen it. Thank you for reminding me that I have a list. You're welcome. (laughs) Yeah, so let's talk about Mr. Cruz here. Uh, yeah, great movies. He's one of those actors where you look at his IMDb and you don't really find many stinkers, you know? Yeah, yeah. He's consistent. He is. And he's also consistently wacko. Yeah, yeah. He's a terrible human being. Uh, let's just say (laughs) he should be in prison for all kinds of things, uh, in his capacity as the de facto head of Scientology, but he gets away with it all because he's rich. And because he makes great movies and has God knows what, uh, God knows how many people in the industry. Mm -hmm. He is also responsible in this movie for the greatest special effect that has nothing to do with any of the action. It's Tom Cruise pretending to be five foot seven. The apple card discussion. Well, I think in this case, it's just the lifts because Emily Blunt is only five foot seven. She's not Gwyneth Paltrow. So here Mm -hmm. we can just do the lifts, you know. Okay, and plus they must have added a little bit extra height to his exoskeleton suit. Yes, which, God, him running around in that thing is fucking hilarious. (laughs) I don't know why, but I could not stop laughing every time he was running around in that thing. Yeah, especially in the beginning while he was getting his footing, (laughs) so to speak. He looked like a guy (laughs) who really had to take a shit. Do you know what I mean? It was yeah. like that constipation. <laughs> it was like that diarrhea run. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and I know something about that, so I know it when I see it. And to be fair, for a character in that situation, 
he would be having the runs. Yes, and he would also really want to get out of that suit as fast as possible. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised he didn't throw up. I thought that was coming. Right. Yeah, well, everyone reacts differently, I guess. Yeah, and I apologize in advance if I call uh, Tom Cruise's character uh, Nick Cage at any point. I see Cage. That's where my brain goes. So hopefully Amy will keep me on track here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I shall try my best because, again, I'm bad with names. I was ready to throw up when we saw the dude in the exoskeleton wearing nothing but his undies. There were no undies. Wait, I thought I saw a tongue-like thing. It was the suit. There were no undies. It was gross. You sure about that? Pretty sure, yeah. I saw way more of that guy than I ever wanted to see. Okay, now I'm ready to throw up. Yeah, that, that, seeing that twice this week on top of the hero gasm episode of The Boys, I don't even want to see myself in the mirror right now. <laughs> I don't want to see any human naked for a while. Mm-hmm. I shall let your husband know, and he may mourn. He'll understand, because he's watching The Boys with me. <laughs> <laughs> and one other note before we dig into this. In a movie like this, gauging the character arcs is a little difficult. Like, it's it's easy with Bill Cage because he has the most opportunity for growth. But it was hard for me with Rita because she's only got a day and a half. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and it's hard to gauge how much of an arc she should have. Yeah, and this is more plot-centric than it is character-centric, except for Tom Cruise's character. And at the end of the day, because of the way the movie is, this is a Tom Cruise movie. <laughs> it's all about Tom Cruise. What a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so let's dive in. He is playing Major Bill Cage, and this movie is based on a book, right? Yes, it's based on a manga called All You Need Is Kill by Hiroshi Sakaruzaka. I hope I've said it right. I do not know. Please. Don't look at me. <laughs> please forgive me and please correct me. So I can only assume that they called Major Cage Bill as a little nod to Bill Murray in Groundhog Day because they named Emily Blunt Rita as a nod to Andy McDowell. Yeah, and actually in the original novel... Rita is the only white woman in the book. The novel takes place in Japan. Okay. So there is an issue of whitewashing in this movie a lot. Like the whole thing is meant to be in Japan with uh, the only safe haven for humans was a, a part of Japan. I see. Okay. Yeah. I mean, knowing that it's nothing but whitewash because they moved everything to Europe, to Central exactly. Europe. Yeah. Europe and, and America, the American army is involved. We hear one of the other dudes from J-Squad who is Australian. We hear English accents, but we do not hear or see anyone Asian, be it Chinese, Japanese, South Asian, you know, any of them. Yeah, you're absolutely right. We just get one line from Brendan Gleeson like at the end, say, just mentioning Chinese soldiers that they are a part of things in some way. Right. Yeah. Oh, by the way, this movie takes place in 2020. I mean, they weren't really that off base, I feel. Kind of. And also, we spoke about this regarding V for Vendetta in our Patreon episode for this month. V for Vendetta also takes place in 2020. 
Yeah, I have some things to say, actually, about the realism in that regard. We'll get there. Mm -hmm. Okay. No, I'm just saying it's a coincidence yeah. that two dystopian things that we're doing uh, also is 2020. Oh, those synchronicities. Mm -hmm. So Bill Cage actually reminds me a lot of Tom Cruise's character in A Few Good Men, Daniel Caffey. Have you seen it? No. Okay, so Daniel Caffey also started out, I mean, much younger, obviously, as a disrespectful asshole who just joined the military because he wanted a cushy job for a little while. Mm -hmm. And then over the course of the movie, he turns into a dedicated military officer. Right. But this guy's way worse than Danny Caffey because Bill Cage is not even a paper pusher. No, he basically made a parallel move. He was in advertising. He just decided to do it for the military and get that security, that income, that a military job gets you. Yeah, so he's a pretty face with a rank he hasn't earned. Mm -hmm. He has no experience whatsoever. And, you know, some people might watch this and think, that could never happen. Yes, it does. Sure. It absolutely can, and it does, uh, depending on one's role in the military, depending on manning needs. Uh, there's all kinds of things that go into it. Now, here's the thing. I don't think a regular person who doesn't want to go to war is a coward. I don't want to go to war. Aim, I don't think you want to go to war. No. Not especially. I'm kind of in the middle of a war right now. <laughs> Just not the shooting kind. Yeah. But when you voluntarily join the military, well, suck it up, Buttercup, because it goes with the potential territory. Yeah. And he thought that his expertise in, in PR and advertisement will exempt him from it. Yeah. And he's a smooth talker. You can see that. So he had the faith in himself to talk himself out of sticky situations. Yeah. And his behavior here, the arrogance of it. And of course, we're supposed to hate this guy off the bat because mm -hmm. the way he's acting is despicable. Right. And I give Tom Cruise credit for this performance because in this portion of the movie, in this first third, he is very much playing against type. How so? Tom Cruise, the guy who doesn't want to be in on the action, <laughs> the guy who's afraid to jump out of a plane. Mm -hmm. After running, that's his favorite pastime. Well, that and bikes. He has a thing for bikes, clearly. Yeah, you know, a few weeks ago, I was in my husband's office and he had, um, had something up on his, on his screen and there was a headline that I saw of an article entitled, Is Tom Cruise Good at Running? And I just laughed. I okay. said, it doesn't matter if he's good at it. He's not going to stop. No. <laughs> he's got to show everybody that he can live for those billion years. He'll do it. <laughs> but you can't deny at his age, he's really, really fit. Yeah, but he's drinking some kind of what if Paltrow fucking concoction every day. Don't tell me he's not. Okay, fair. But it does take a lot of discipline even to drink that. Probably got some powder made from L. Ron Hubbard's bones. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. I'm not touching that. I'm afraid of the Scientologists attacking me. <laughs> and I must say, in this current world that I live in here in the U.S., it was cathartic to watch a powerful white man completely stripped of power that he didn't earn. Yeah, the general did not take his shit. I'm actually surprised that he was so insistent on sending him to the front lines. 
That's because real soldiers resent assholes like Bill Cage. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. And fun little note here. Bill Cage says he is from uh, Cranberry, New Jersey. And that is half true for Mr. Cruz. He went to Glenridge High School five minutes from my house growing up. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. Put it this way, Parks and Rec fans. I'm from Pawnee. He's from Eagleton. Okay. With a very clear dividing line between the two. (laughs) So yeah, to his credit, as I say with grit and teeth, Cruz is really good here with the begging and the panic and the desperation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and even before the general tells him that he's sending Cage off to the front lines, while he's explaining the current situation, Cage is looking very cagey. Oh, yeah. He's desperate to find an out. Yeah, he's desperate to find an out. Like, he does not give a shit about the military tactics or what is going on. He just wants to know what's the next thing that he needs to spew. Exactly. And I totally related to him in this moment because this was me when I was 14 and accidentally got on the wrong ride at Universal. (laughs) (laughs) This was me sitting in the... Jurassic Park ride, not realizing I was about to take an 80 fucking foot drop until I saw the view from the top and said, oh, fuck, wait a second. (laughs) How did that go? Well, I needed to go back to the hotel for a change. Top or bottom? Both. I see. (laughs) (laughs) So, yes, I will be much more careful uh, in September when my husband and I are down at uh, Harry Potter World. And man, I had some laugh out loud moments with this movie. One of them was when Cage just unceremoniously gets run over by that car the first time. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, like, what were you thinking? (laughs) But when he did it the second time successfully, that was the moment Mm -hmm. where I thought, huh, this guy may be a coward, but he's not stupid. Yeah, he's not stupid. That was the moment that I was like, huh. I think this guy could actually get whatever job needs to be done, done. They actually show us that since the beginning. I mean, he doesn't reach where he is by being stupid. And you can see that he is cunning from the moment the general tells him, off you go, shooty shoot. That is true. I also come at this being a military wife. And, oh, I can tell you, the stupidity that is amongst the officer ranks. In the U.S. military. Oh, boy. <laughs> you guys have no idea. That's very comforting. Mm-hmm. If I have to know it, so does everybody. And as far as Cage goes, man, I know I have persevered through a lot in my life, but Jesus, I don't know if I'd have the willpower to do what he does in this movie. Yeah, I mean, Rita says that she saw her friend Hendrix die like 300 times. We don't know how many times he's gone through this, but it's safe to assume hundreds. Yeah. I mean, the patience it would take to deal with that monotony day after day and not Mm -hmm. kill anybody. Well, it doesn't really matter if you kill them. Still, just to get through. And he only takes one fuck it day. Yep. I would have needed a lot more fuck it days. (laughs) You know, I'll be honest. This was the perfect movie for me to watch today. Why? So I have still not yet moved to my new house. 
And hopefully by the time you're listening to this, I have moved. If I have moved, trust me, you will know on social media, I will be one step away from dancing naked on the streets. And every day since May, I have been putting out a fire one after another with regards to selling my house and buying my new house. And every day there's been something or the other that's been going wrong. And I've been on phone calls continuously, just talking to people and trying to sort things out. And every day there's again another fresh hell to deal with. And I, I'm at my breaking point. I cannot do this anymore. So watching this movie, seeing Tom Cruise go through this shit, and for it to finally, finally end on a happy note has given me a certain amount of hope. But at the same time, I need a fuck it month. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it could always be worse, though. You could wake up every morning to an alarm clock playing Sunday and Cher. Yeah, that's true. I just get up to bells. So if J-Squad's plane ride was uh, the Jurassic Park ride for me, this mimic training is the fucking claw machine from hell. <laughs> yeah, you know, actually, in the beginning of the movie, when Cage does not know what he's doing, and they just dump him on the suit, and just and they just tell him, okay, off you go, shoot the aliens, it actually just kind of highlights that the brass does not care about the soldiers. Yeah. With no training, they just sent him off like fodder. Well, they did that on purpose with him because of who he was, because he yes. was a deserter, because he was a piece of shit. I think it was pretty clear that Bill Paxton did care about his people. Mm -hmm. But Bill Paxton, and we'll get into him, enlisted, not an officer. Right. I do thoroughly enjoy, though, watching Tom Cruise just get beat to shit so many times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, those claw machines were amazing. They were fun. They were a lot of fun. <laughs> time rita shoots him i just die laughing yeah that was great <laughs> it was like a monty python it's like a monty python bit when he's crawling away legs not broken i'm fine totally fine yeah. <laughs> and she's just so blasé about it bang done <laughs> it's always just right in her back pocket and he has no say in it yeah it's like oh i stubbed my toe please don't shoot me <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's when they're in the general's office and she pulls it out. Rita, don't shoot me. <laughs> yeah. This movie, like what you said, was Groundhog Day meets Aliens. For me, it was Groundhog Day meets Gears of War. For all our gamer listeners, you obviously know Gears of War. Uh, in that game, the plot line is similar, but not quite. We don't have Groundhog Day for sure. But we do have creatures who have come up from underground. And these guys are shooting and fighting. And our team is fighting these, well, not aliens, but creatures, if you will. And they have similar color schemes with the glowy yellowness to them. And the exoskeletons also come into play in Gears of War. So it was... It was fun, especially after I finished playing all the Gears of War games in the last two years. Now let's get into Emily Blunt's character, Sergeant. All right, let me get this right, because I had some trouble with this one. Rita Vrataski. Vrataski? Vrataski. Yes, I looked this up on Wikipedia. I had to because I'm like, 
the fuck's this woman's name? Tom Cruise can't seem to say it right. Sometimes it sounds like Rita, Rhea, Potaski, Vertaski. It's Vrataski. Yeah, I'm just going to stick with Rita. That's fine. Yeah, and other characters can seem to get it right. Could we all agree on how to say this woman's name? Thank you very much. We can't agree on how we say her name, but we can agree she looks amazing. Yeah, I have a bit of a problem with the way she looks. Of course you do, party pooper. I'm sorry, but Rita is basically Ellen Ripley or Sarah Connor. And Mm -hmm. this movie is presenting itself as hyper-realistic. So um, how about we lose the smoky eye, the mascara, the bronzer, and the lipstick? To quote you from the Batman, whatever. It bugs the shit out of me, but at least (laughs) she has a hair tie, I guess. Yes, and she is fit. She's not wafer thin. Well, she's thin, but she's muscly. We just can't have it all, though, can we? We can't have a bare face and a fucking hair tie. Nope. It's too much. So how do you feel about Full Metal Bitch? I don't like it, but it's part of the books. So it says more about the novel than it does about the movie. Okay, yeah, I really don't like it. It left quite a bad taste in my mouth, particularly in how many times we see it. It, I right. feel like yeah. the director really shoves it down our throats. Yeah, yeah, they do. And oh, the first time when she walks in and there's a guy who says, oh, look, it's the full metal bitch. And she punches uh-huh. him. That's her little brother. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. That's fantastic. <laughs> he did not need to act. You know, that's just a sibling thing. Yeah, I could totally picture Emily Blunt being like, you know, I think I need another take. I think we need to go again. <laughs> what was that you did to and me? Again. What was that you did to me when we were 11? Go again. <laughs> they had their own version of Groundhog Day going. <laughs> yeah, so if it's been a while since you've seen it, it's an image of Rita on a bus that's branded as mm-hmm. full metal bitch. And we keep seeing it over and over again with Tom Cruise waking up. And I just felt like it took away some of the empowerment in Rita's character. Yes, it certainly does. It's not a nice way for us to keep being reminded of her. But at the same time, it is keeping her on the forefront of our minds every time he wakes up. Yes. And I think the fact that they made a woman the face of the war effort is fantastic. But the way it's framed, is a problem because there's nothing else that's like, besides knocking out her brother there, there's nothing else that's like misogynistic. You know what I mean? It seems out of place. Yeah. You know, I would disagree. If you look at her entire story, we know that she's the angel of Verdant, right? She was the one who killed tons of aliens and she came out on top as the hero. That's what we hear before we meet her. Mm-hmm. And by the way, even she's the next lead after Tom Cruise, we do not hear her speak for the first 40 minutes of the movie. Keeping that aside, once we get into the story and we realize what's happening and she says it happened to her too, this happened to her during that fight, which is why she was so good at what she did and killed so many aliens. It was like playing a video game. You're a pro at it by the end of it. And they were kept touting this thing that, oh, this exoskeleton is so amazing with very little training. Look at what she did. That's true. So there is a certain amount of misogyny there. Like a woman with very little training was able to do this. Imagine what you could do if you enlist, you know, 
And it's not explicitly said, but it's also implied. And at the same time, she's become a hero. Mm -hmm. So for her to get a nickname like that, Full Metal Bitch, makes complete sense for all the jealous assholes out there. Like, what the hell did she do? And she's traumatized from this whole scenario that happened. She saw someone she cares about die 300 times. That's going to take a toll. Oh, yeah. And you can definitely see that she's very guarded, very closed off throughout the journey with Cage. And anytime he approaches her, she's pissed off. It's a coping mechanism for her. But of course, guys will take that to make her seem like she's arrogant and hence the name. It makes perfect sense. I guess I needed a little more support for it because we don't see her interact with anybody besides Tom Cruise and Noah Taylor. So if I had gotten a little more interaction with others, just because of the nature of the movie too, and I mean, it's clear knocking that guy out, she doesn't like the name. She resents how it's being Mm -hmm. used for PR. I just... I didn't understand what the movie was trying to say, what message they were trying to send with showing us that image so many times. When, like you said, the movie is more about Cage than it is about mm-hmm. her. So it was just, I think they they flubbed a little bit there with her, with her character. I think what they're also trying to say is that the pub- public perception of her versus what she's gone through and going through with Cage is very different. Because as the movie progresses, we see her softening up. That's true. And again, we are seeing this entire movie from Cage's perspective. He was very removed, very distant from her at the beginning of the movie. And then we see her see her as a real woman, as a real human being by the end of the movie. And we care about her. I do not know. I thought so deeply about this movie. Yeah. And I hadn't given that a whole lot of thought either. Mm-hmm. I will say it's also a nice character intro for her showing us that strength immediately with this insane yoga shit that she's doing. She could do that. Oh, I could tell. I could tell that was her doing that. Yeah, she was doing that. For like longer shots, they used wires just to keep her from, you know, breaking her arms. But she could do that. Like she actually did that during the press tour. Oh, yeah, I believe it. Yeah. Either of us, Mm -hmm. wires, please. Now, pronto. Or maybe, you know, an invisible rod at the bottom just to keep us there. She was really fit oh, yeah. for this movie. Yeah. Yeah. She's always in, in great shape somehow after having multiple mm-hmm. children. <laughs> What's up, nerds? Tyler Mack here from the 30 and Nerdy Podcast, the flagship show of Bad Cast Company Productions. I am interrupting your regularly scheduled podcast to tell you about the show. At 30 and Nerdy Podcast, we talk all things nerd culture and do it while entertaining, enlightening, and educating the masses of the nerd world order. So when you're done with this phenomenal show you're already listening to, zoom on over to 30 and Nerdy Podcast, hit that subscribe button, give it a listen, a rating, and review, and don't forget to check out 30andnerdypodcast.com. Cheers to you, nerds. everyone i am chris and i'm christine and we do a podcast about life love and hot topics we're family friendly yeah well mostly and you can catch us every week 
So subscribe to The Chris and Christine Show on your favorite streaming service. And buckle up, Buttercup, because you're in for some fun. Some fun? Oh, yeah. That sounds fantastic. And she's great in this movie, as she is in everything. Yeah. And she was actually pregnant during reshoot. I hate this story. (laughs) So for principal photography, she wasn't pregnant. Most of the movie was done. But when they needed to do reshoots, she had just found out that she was pregnant and she was being careful and not doing her stunts. While prior to that, she was. Tom Cruise asked her about it. And she told him that she's pregnant. Nobody else knew except for Tom Cruise and Emily, of course, and her husband. So, yeah, so he was kind of there taking care and ensuring that she's okay. Son of a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) So throughout the whole movie, Rita has zero time for Cage's bullshit. Mm-hmm. And I just love to see this this female character who's way stronger than the men. She's in charge. She's the one training his ass. Yeah, and punishment for failing is to die. <laughs> <laughs> and so you've talked about Rita and her trauma and her desire to stay disconnected, which totally understandable. But you can also mm-hmm. see where he's coming from, desperate for that human connection because he's stuck in this loop and she's all he's got. Of course. And over time, he's come to care for her. And I also appreciated the scene where Rita's hiding her injury from him. Mm -hmm. A woman in her position in the military and in regular civilian life often can't afford to show weakness. Yeah. Yeah. We spoke about this in our What If episode for Captain Carter. Yeah. It's ingrained in her. Like it's ingrained in so many of us to not complain, to just deal with it. It's that whole concept of having to paste on a smile and act like nothing's wrong. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think their relationship is mostly well-written. Cage respects Rita tremendously Mm -hmm. for her skill, her determination, her willingness to train him every day. Yeah. And even from the first moment he saw her, she was kicking ass on the beach over there. And he knew of her, of, of course. And, I think a part of him also kind of had a sense of hero worship towards her. He knows he would never be that person. Um, I'd push back a little bit against that because those types, mm-hmm. and I think his arrogance belies this, those types generally don't have a whole lot of respect for those on the ground. Okay. If anything, that's where the misogyny might come in just a little bit in thinking, oh, a woman did this. Okay, that's fair. But clearly, after he saw her, kick ass he realized that he needs to talk to her he approached her on the beach during the middle of the fight and he told her this is what is happening and i need your help then she realizes what's happening and she tells him meet me when you wake up yeah this is the only movie i've seen in in recent memory that i'm totally okay with a man jumping on a woman to say i'm trying to save you And he does. Eventually, yes. Yes. And yeah. I, I totally understand his reluctance to let her die. He cares about her. Yes. Mm-hmm. But also, I think he understands he cannot complete this mission without her. Yes. 
Yeah. He would have gone insane. They needed the two of them. Yep. True. Okay. So I do want to jump over to the supporting cast and characters in this movie. Mm -hmm. We have uh, Brendan Gleeson, who is playing General Brigham. As soon as I saw him play in this role, I thought, damn, the UDF really relaxed their uh, their PT standards. <laughs> and then J-Squad confirmed that not just PT standards, but the grooming regs too, which, you know, from my experience tells me just how desperate they are for bodies. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't read the novel, but based on how these guys were behaving, I would not be surprised if they were actually prisoners or they were sentenced to be in the military they were a weird bunch yeah they definitely were and they may have been total pieces of shit themselves sure yeah that's the vibe i got yeah and then we have bill paxton as master sergeant Farrell. i almost didn't recognize him and i knew he was in the movie <laughs> yeah he did uh arlie ermy proud here i think yeah sure yeah, so as far as J-Squad goes, I did like these guys. I found them entertaining for the most part. Yeah, they were not bad. I, I think they added a little flavor to, to the movie. Yeah, and I really like the way Cage brings them in at the end into the plan. Because mm -hmm. it's like, oh, the misfits are the ones who save the day. Right, exactly. And I think the fact that they are misfits is the reason why they were willing to go along. Sure, they had nothing to lose. Yeah, and at the same time, they didn't come for him. They came for her. Yeah. Yeah, that was great. Mm -hmm. I do have one criticism here, though, with this group. I found it so distracting. This woman who is playing Nance, she's like mini Helena Bonham Carter. And I don't mean that as a compliment. <laughs> Get your hair under control, woman. I don't know what the hell accent she's doing, but I found her very difficult to follow. Well, she is English. But I think she was trying to do an American accent. I felt like what she was doing was an American accent. Okay, so for me, it sounded like some sort of hybrid thing. I'm like, is she supposed to be an American hillbilly or <laughs> like a trashy Cockney Brit? Now, don't get me wrong. I'm sure there's plenty of overlap between the two of those. But the accent's weird on its own. But then she'll say like, cheers, bitch. I'm like, wait. That's a British thing. But then she's like, bitch, I don't know you. I'm like, that's an American thing. Could you fucking pick one, please? She could be transatlantic. I don't know. It just kind of like took me out of the movie a little bit every time she talked. Okay. I just took it as like J-Squad is mishmash of all sorts and kind of just left it at that. Yeah, she's a mishmash, all right. <laughs> And then uh, we have Noah Taylor, who is my big disappointment in this movie. They name him Dr. Noah Carter. I don't care what it said in this story. Come on. You can't name this guy Ned. That was your fucking opportunity to get a Ned in there. Come on. Why Ned? You have to rewatch Groundhog Day. Okay. Well, we will cover it one day. Why? Just for fun. You know, it's funny. I just have this memory feeling. Like, you know what I mean? Where it's not like a memory, it's just the feeling of a memory. Mm -hmm. I have this memory of absolutely hating that movie as a child. Okay. And I honestly, I swear to God, I think it was because of the song. I hated that song so much. I got you, babe. And I just associated with that movie forever. Okay. I think I was afraid of Sonny Bono as a child. 
<laughs> Seriously. <laughs> All right. We will still cover the movie. Yeah, do with that one when you will. I don't know. <laughs> so, a few other notes here. It's funny how our first episode back in our relaunch here of the Madams was the Batman, and you found that super depressing. Mm-hmm. I found this movie super depressing. Why? It ended on a positive note. Because I'm like, ah, this planet is fucked up enough. We do not need an alien invasion on top of it all. Go home, aliens. You're drunk. Well, on the other hand, it did bring the world together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a bit of a problem I have, too. The plot is solid. The idea of this single organism with the central hub you need to take out, it reminds me of something else. Guys, those of you listening, if you know what the hell movie or show there was something very similar to this on, please tell me. It's driving me crazy. I'm sorry if you're yelling in your car. Uh, Please. Tell us on social media, Twitter or Instagram at the Madam's Pod or email us at feedback at the Yes, thank you. This is driving me nuts, which is why I was looking at that listicle yesterday of movies <laughs> like this. Uh-huh. Yeah, and this actually is the plot for Gears of War. I think the second game or the third game where there is the hive mind and you need to explode the hive mind. So this is not a unique plot. Yeah, we can be sure it's not that for me. Sure, yes. That's the one thing we can be sure of. Yeah, and all the action in the movie is very well done. It is extremely well edited, uh, given mm-hmm. you know all the new days that we have. Yeah, it doesn't blend. Even though it's the same day, we know it's a different day of the same day. Yeah, and the movie did surprise me to, to a degree, because initially I thought it was going to turn into a whole, like, the government actually created the mimics to pump up the military industrial complex. Okay. Because I'm just so in that mindset because of the world we live in, you know? Uh-huh. I actually think this movie takes a very sunny view of humanity. It has to, right? I mean, the world is ending. These guys are fighting an undefeatable foe. There has to be something to root for. Otherwise, everyone would leave the theater and go jump under a bridge. Yeah, but at the same time, like, hyper-realistic movie. I totally get what you're saying. It is a movie. But this world is in way better shape than I think it would be if an alien invasion of this magnitude ever happened. Like, I'm pretty sure that humanity would quickly go feral, destroy each other that way, or we would try to nuke the shit out of these aliens and destroy the world that way. We would certainly nuke these aliens for sure. But I do think that we would all come together temporarily to defeat the foe and then fight each other for sure. That is very optimistic of you. No, I mean, think about it. A lot of this movie does echo the Second World War, especially D-Day, right? And didn't the Allies come together to defeat the Axis? That's complicated. Well, yeah, they were together. They had joined military operations. And then after everything was over, then they got on each other's throats. Yeah, I just think aliens throw a whole new wrench into things. I think aliens is probably the one thing that would probably get humanity together, except for the conspiracy theorists. (laughs) I'm just thankful it wasn't a surprise aliens movie because I hate those. (laughs) Goddamn you, Stephen King. 
I agree. 100%. I agree. I do not like his books. Learn how to write a goddamn ending, sir. Yeah. Not everything has to be, hey, aliens. It does, uh, and I think this is just a me thing. I'm not criticizing the movie for this. Just because I'm not really into sci-fi, not into aliens, it drags for me at the end in the final mission because I'm just not into the action. And it's a Tom Cruise movie, so I know he's going to win. <laughs> yeah, the ending, there is, it's very action heavy, not so much about the plot. And it's dark. Yeah, it was a little hard to follow with the darkness. Yeah, but it was not too long where it's like, oh, come on, just get it over with. They do end it at a decent pace. And it is, you know, a CGI fest at the end of the day. It's okay. It's not a bad ending. I do believe that if there were an actual alien invasion, Tom Cruise would get on the highest building that he could find and try to lead the welcoming party and become the world's ambassador to the aliens. I think he would be so excited that he would not need the highest building. He'd just float up. <laughs> well, the highest building and a ladder. You know, you could always use a few extra feet there. Yes. Don't forget the apple crate on top of that. Yes. Yes. And I just want to be clear, guys. I've said this before. My husband is five foot six. I am not knocking short men in any way. Just him <laughs> because he's a douche who hates the fact that he is actually five foot five. Well, him and Robert Downey Jr. both cut from the same cloth yeah. in that sense yeah yeah difference though rdj not a cult leader so i'm gonna give him the edge there sure <laughs> yes okay so last thing we need to mention here is the way the relationship between bill cage and rita is wrapped up i'm glad that they did not go too romantic with oh it. boy so am i because tom cruise could be emily blunt's father True. Yeah. She is 39 and he just turned 60, everybody. That's right. That's right. Maverick just turned 60. How's everybody feeling out there? As old as us? Good. That was her, not me. Just clarifying. I'm having a rough day. <laughs> you don't say. You know, generally people have midlife crisis. And then since the millennials, we've had quarter life crisis, mm. which is 25. Mm. You're at 35. You're kind of in the middle. I don't know what the label is for that. Let's just call it being a woman. Okay. <laughs> Let's just say crisis. There you go. You're having a crisis. <laughs> when Rita does kiss him, for me at least, the way Blunt played it, it comes off on her end more about human connection than romance. Yeah, it does. And she kissed him, yeah. not the other way around. Like, it's quick, it's hard, it's this, I might die, and I just want to show yeah. you that I do value you and respect you and care about you, so let's make this quick, I gotta go. <laughs> I get what you're saying, but the way you said it just was funny. Well, because I also get <laughs> nervous for Emily Blunt, I hope there weren't too many takes of this because I said it before. I don't know what this man's putting in his body. I don't know how it might get transmitted. Be careful, Emily. Well, she seems to be okay. She doesn't want any fucking LRH powder in her veins. <laughs> well, it's been a while. She's okay so far. So, all good. And John, too. We want John to be okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
it wasn't a romantic kiss and we didn't have like the swell of romantic music or anything like that, yeah. which was good. It was quick and it acknowledged their chemistry mm-hmm. while at the same time not making it weird. Yeah, it's him, though, I worry about a little bit. Coming back. Yeah, at the end, right? When he sees her. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure what that mm-hmm. was. If that was, oh, my war buddy, we went through hell together, let's reconnect. Or I'm getting those pants. Yeah, well, they left it ambiguous. And I think that's a good idea to do that. But I think at least initially, as soon as he sees her, the first thing is relief. I'm glad she's alive. Yes, that's fair. Yeah. And the comment that she says, is there something on my face? We see him staring at her, even in the past, when she's alive, as well as seeing her dead and sort of committing it to memory. Yeah. And that smile he has is like, uh, there she is. Yeah. Which you can have that for a friend as well. Absolutely. You know, a friend, a brother in arms, any of that. It's general and ambivalent enough. Well, I just worry because you told me that there is a sequel in the works for this movie. Well, IMDb says so, that there is a sequel in the works. The film was in pre-production as of March 2020. But, well, who the fuck knows what's happening now? Because there's been no news of that. But the only thing that we did know was Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt are coming back. So if this movie happens, they will be back. But we don't know if it's going to happen anymore. There's been no news. All right. So we'll keep an eye out for that, or at least Amy will. Yeah, I certainly will. So sticking with our roots, as always, Amy, out of six Infinity Stones, how many do you give this movie? Hmm. I would give it six out of six. I will give it five out of six because I take some points off for the issues I have uh, with Rita's character. And also just because Mm -hmm. on principle, I will never give any movie starring Tom Cruise six out of six. (laughs) <laughs> no matter how I feel about it. Yeah, I like the movie. Tom Cruise is great. Emily Blunt is great. She looks fucking hot. And it's a good story. It's a good action movie. I do enjoy action movies, sci-fi. And it ends in this ambivalent way, but still hopeful that humanity is one and all of that. And I kind of need that right now. Yeah. I'm good. So, Yeah. Six out of six. Yeah. I feel like watching it again. Yeah. And like you said, Emily Blunt looks amazing in this. And that's why I feel like it's almost a little bit insulting with all the makeup she has on. Because without that, she's still Emily Blunt. She's still gorgeous. So what what do you even need it for? The male gaze. This is, at the end of the day, a movie that is meant for guys. Yeah. 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 All right. So we have a few housekeeping updates here. So last week in our Wonder Woman episode, I had announced that I am going to be speaking at the National Women's Studies Association Conference in November, giving a presentation on the Spider-Verse and women's representation. So for the next few months, in our show notes, you will be able to find a link for the GoFundMe I created for this event to help pay for the cost of the trip to Minneapolis. So anything you guys can donate, I would greatly appreciate it. And if things are tight and you can't right now, totally understand, obviously, because I'm asking for money. But if you can't, <laughs> please just share the campaign on your social media platforms. Yes, we will really appreciate it. Next up, we've got some stuff happening on the Patreon feed this month. So for this month of August, at any level, you will get a bonus episode 
featuring a discussion of each of our top three favorite movies. Yeah, and that's where V for Vendetta came in for me. Yes, and parts of this will definitely surprise you because they sure as hell surprised me. That's fair. That's fair. (laughs) I think I surprised myself as well once it was pointed out. Yeah, meanwhile, all of you for me are going to be like, that makes sense. That tracks. (laughs) She she only mentions Hannibal Lecter once a month. Yeah, or Loki. He's not in there. No, he isn't, which is surprising. (laughs) I was expecting your top three to be Tom Hiddleston, Tom Hiddleston, Tom Hiddleston. No, he's made some stinkers. We could talk about those someday. Yes, he has. And yet, we covered Crimson Peak. Which is also on our Patreon feed. And the maybe the most fun we've ever had recording an episode. So thank you, Mr. Hiddleston. <laughs> He's very gay in that movie, in my mind. <laughs> oh, that's funny. He's often gay in my mind. Anyway. <sighs> At our $10 level for Patreon this month, in our fireside chat, Tea with the Madams, we are discussing, who else? Come on. Ezra Miller and Amber Heard. How could we not? Yeah. There's been a lot of news with these two lately, and we are just sort of dissecting it and talking about it and our theories and our our opinions of this whole thing. Yeah, and we don't want to, truly, but it's a train wreck. You can't look away. Yeah, it really is. There's this sort of morbid curiosity about what are they going to do next? I can't help it. I know we're part of the problem, but I can't seem to do anything about it. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much for joining us at the movies today. I'm Madam Chris. And I'm Madam Amy. Let us know what you think about Edge of Tomorrow on Twitter and Instagram at the Madam's Pod. And follow us there to get hints for next week's episode. And visit our website, themadamspod.com where Infinity Stones will always be a girl's best friend. Have you seen him on Instagram lately, RDJ? He's looking old. Amy, he's almost 60. I know, (laughs) but now he's actually looking his age. But I think he's lost weight as well. He's, He's looking like a grandpa. Now I have to say, if you're, if you're throwing the word grandpa out there, I have to, I have to look. <gasps> oh my God. There you go. I mean, that doesn't even look like him. What happened to him? I know. Oh my God. What happened? I wouldn't recognize him. Uh-huh. Oh my God, I'm seriously going to cry. Is he sick? <laughs> He does look that, yes! right? Yes!